Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the Batflip Crazy podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis. I'm your host, as always, Toby. In today's episode, we are going to continue our series of player profiles with Trey Turner, shortstop for the Washington Nationals, and Paul Goldschmidt, first baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Two players who are going in the first round currently in early mock drafts, and you'll find out why I only think one of them belongs there. Before we get into that, in some news uh, today, it looks like there's going to be a trade potentially tomorrow, Thursday, uh, between the Mariners and the Tampa Bay Rays that would send Mike Zanino to the Rays in exchange for Malik Smith and potentially some other pieces. I wanted to cover this just briefly. I think this is a pretty clear example of the Rays selling high on a player in Malik Smith, who has had a a year that was better, if we're honest, uh, than what other people or what what folks were considering. And I think when you, you dig into the numbers, there's nothing super fluky about Smith's performance. Uh, he had uh, he had a 296 batting average that came on a 279 expected batting average, but uh, speedsters oftentimes will outperform expected batting average uh, because they do better on things like bunt hits or infield singles. Uh, there's some real solid stuff there for Smith: 18% strikeout rate. His contact rate, though, is actually below league average, uh, and it hasn't changed much the last um, year. There was an increase in overall contact, actually. Uh, scratch that, uh, of about 5%. So that may be the reason why his strikeout rate has dropped. But still, that remains below league average, as does his in-zone contact rate of 82.8%. So he's making contact outside the zone a lot, which isn't necessarily ideal. Though with his profile, it's not a terrible thing. He also had uh, the highest OBP of his career at 352, which is great for a speedster like him. But the underlying numbers don't necessarily support um, him having a, a super strong walk rate around league average is, is good. His O swing percentage is at 29%, so slightly above league average. His swinging, uh, swing percentage is above league average, and his walk rate at 8.6% is right around league average. So about a league average uh, walk rate, not... Uh, not necessarily what you might consider translating into the one standard deviation above the mean that he is currently with OBP. Um, again, you know, the average is solid. So, you know, he really needs that average to uh, stay solid in order for his OBP to continue where it's at. Um, his runs per plate appearance were lower than you would anticipate for a speedster like him. I imagine he's going to bat at the top of the Mariners lineup or towards the end of the Mariners lineup, one of those two, but my guess would be batting first, since he does have better OBP school skills than D. Gordon and probably more speed at this point in his career. He only scored uh, on 11.9% of uh, his plate appearances, which is a little bit low considering that he had above league average OBP and he's got those speed skills. So there is potential if he gets the plate appearances for him to uh, improve on that 65 uh, runs. Um, that he scored last year. He has no power really to speak of, just a a couple of home runs here and there. Uh, RBI, as you would imagine, not helpful of it all. And then where he does really um, bring the value is with those 40 stolen bases, 7.4% stolen bases per plate appearance. 
Um, that is elite, elite, elite. Uh, the thing that is not elite necessarily is his stolen base success rate. Hovers right around that mark of 75% uh, that makes it worth stealing, makes it a positive value proposition. It's above league average, but not necessarily um, as strong as you want it to be. Just something to keep in consideration. He attempted a stolen base on 22% of his 236 stolen base opportunities last year. Overall with Smith, I think, again, I don't necessarily expect him to repeat um, there's no standout elite skill. I think where he does gain value is he's not going to be in a heavy competition for outfield playing time with Kevin Kiermeyer, um, Tommy Pham, um, and uh, Austin Meadows. Um, so that, I think, is going to bode well for Pham. He should definitely get at bats. One thing just from a baseball standpoint on Malik Smith is that he is not very good defensively. I think the metrics have him doing okay, but if you've ever seen him in the field, he oftentimes looks like he's lost. And I think that's one of the reasons, along with, you know, I don't know whether the Rays believed in his skills or not, but I, I think that this was a definite sell high from their perspective. Alternatively, I think with Mike Zanino, um, we're looking at a at the Rays buying low on a guy who's got some some skills that play. Um, and he's just got one huge glaring weakness that if he could improve, uh, it would change his outlook dramatically. And that is his batting average and contact rate. Uh, 201 batting average last year, 207 two years ago. He hit 251 um, in 2017, but a lot of that was, was luck. He had a 227 batting average that year. Very high strikeout rates, over 30%, 37% this last year. But one interesting thing that I noticed is while his um, strikeout rate was a career high at 37%, or at least in the last three years, his Z contact, his in-zone contact, was actually its highest rate in the last three years at 77.2%. Still very low for in-zone contact, but an improvement over of about three percentage points from uh, last year, which means that he's swinging at pitches outside the zone more. And that's actually somewhere where he's gone backwards. He used to have really good plate discipline, 27.7% uh, chase rate uh, two years ago, all the way up to a 33.3% chase rate this year. If the Diamondbacks, uh, if the Diamondbacks, if the Rays can get him to be more patient at the plate, return to that approach, and we continue to see that Z contact stay where it is right now, or maybe even approve a little bit, I think you could see... Zinino take a step into the 220s, the 230s, uh, where um, you know he wouldn't be, particularly in the current catcher lines landscape, uh, atrocious. Um, his swing percentage has also gone up, and that's dropped his walk rate from 10.9% two years ago and 9% last year, all the way down to 5.9%. He's not going to score a ton of runs. He's slow, tends to bat towards the bottom of the lineup. He does have power. Uh, 12 home runs, 25 home runs, 20 home runs in the last three years. The expected home runs support what he's doing, as do the underlying metrics. Um, he's got a, uh, an above-average hard-hit fly ball rate, a well-above-league-average hard-hit pulled fly ball rate, which is a key skill, 45.2% last year, 44.7% this past year. And his barrels per plate appearance has been between 7.6 and 7.8. Borderline um, elite, a very strong rate. In the last three years, he hits the ball far um, with an average home run rate peaking at 412 feet. RBI, 
He did not do uh, great last year, 10.9 RBI per plate appearance, mostly uh, unlucky um, and a function of his low batting average. But guys with home runs and with his type of pop tend to do decently well uh, on RBI. And I think where you really see where Tampa may see some value is with his expected uh, weighted on base average, uh, 328 two years ago, 333 last year. So both above league average at 315. Fell to 302 last, uh, or uh, excuse me, um, those were the, his expected weighted on base averages. Uh, fell to 302 uh, this past year. Um, but again, you know, the underlying metrics outside of that plate discipline um, don't necessarily point to a huge drop taking place. So he's actually above league average for two of the last three years, and that may be where there's some value. Obviously, the stolen base opportunities and the stolen bases overall are not going to be. Uh, Zanino's strength. He has one stolen base in three years. But what is really interesting too is when you go to his rolling average graphs, towards the end of last year, he really started to put some interesting skills together. He had a a dip in his O swing uh, into the high 20s, where he's been historically in the past. Um, And really, he's only had that poor plate discipline. Uh, for the first three quarters of last year. And so that plate discipline seemed to be returning. At the same time, his hard hit rate surged above 40% to 42.2% over his last 40 games. And his fly ball rate was also um, above uh, 40%, which was which is um, uh, uh, very nice for Zanino. That 40-40 club, as I like to call it, where folks have above 40% hard hit rate and fly ball rate. Um, his Z contact was still low, uh, mid 70s, but you can see where the skills kind of started to come together. Um, and in the middle of last year, he did have a little bit of an uptick in his Z contact um, to one of the better uh, periods in his career for making in zone contact. So you can see maybe what the Rays are thinking about uh, by a still young catcher uh, when he's at his low point. See if you might be able to get a little bit more out of him. They obviously have the analytics, the tools, the coaching staff that has turned plenty of players around. Uh, Zanino will be an interesting guy to look at as your second catcher uh, heading into next year. Who knows, he may even have first catcher upside. We've seen it before, but again, a lot of that was luck in the batting average that was generated in his 2017 year. Either way, an interesting trade. I think it's going to help out uh, both players' fantasy values. I think Malik Smith will continue to steal bases. This should give him guaranteed playing time. Zanino also should get uh, a bulk of the playing time um, in Tampa Bay, unless I'm forgetting uh, somebody, uh, a catcher on their team. You know, they, they got rid of Wilson Ramos, traded him last year. So I, I, nobody's jumping out at me as having a stranglehold on that starting catcher job. So I think it may also benefit him. And I love just to see the chain of Joe scenery for him going back to Florida where he played in college. Hopefully that works out. Anyways, that started out as what was going to be a short dive into uh, Mike Zanino and Malik Smith. A little bit of my thoughts there. It ended up being a little bit longer than I anticipated, but oh well, uh, that's how it tends to go on this podcast. Anyways, if you like what you hear today or on any other of the other podcasts that you've heard, Uh, please do go to iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. Give us a five-star rating. Please write a nice review. 
Always appreciate that. We're looking at Trey Turner, Paul Goldschmidt, two interesting profiles. Let's get this party started. All right, we are going to take a look at Trey Turner. Shortstop for the Washington Nationals. Uh, Turner is only eligible at shortstop this year. Uh, He's currently going in the two early mock drafts. He went at an average draft position of 9.7. When we take a look at Turner, folks have been hoping for a very long time that he could put together a full season. And he did not disappoint in 2018. Uh, playing in 162 games and accruing 740 plate appearances. Now, when folks were anticipating this, they'd also anticipated, which I'll get to later, that his stolen bases, uh, his stolen base rate would continue as it had in the past, which did not happen. So we're going to take a quick look at his um, at the six categories and see what we can uh, can glean. Uh, from looking at those. So for Turner, he hit 271 this year, uh, the lowest batting average of his career, 284 and 342 in the two years before that. Expected average shows that that was about right. He maybe underperformed a little bit, uh, 277 um, expected average. When we look at the underlying numbers, he has maintained a below av- uh, league average strikeout rate, uh, 17.8. Uh, 22.3 is league average. That is something that he's been able to do consistently, which is great for batting average. Uh, the area where he has seen a decrease is in his BABIP. Uh, so his BABIP has gone from a high of 388 in 2016 to 329 and then 314 uh, last season. One of the reasons um, why he hasn't been able to maintain as high as a batting average as people were hoping. Now, the good news is, is that his contact rate did get a little bump. Uh, overall to 81.2%. Um, so that's above league average by 4%, which is great. And then his Z contact actually uh, took a big big jump from last year from 85.7 to 89.9 with 85.5 league average. So all in all, these are this is a really good foundation for a solid batting average from Turner. He didn't hurt you uh, at all. Uh, he had a 0.45 Z score in batting average. But there's definitely room for growth in that department. I think this is probably, you know, the not it's not it's never the the absolute floor, but I think you can expect you can bank on a 271 batting average at least and look for something a little higher. For OBP, there are some really good signs here for Turner. Um, he isn't necessarily known as having terrific plate discipline, but he was able to put up a 344 OBP, which is great considering his stolen base skills, uh, 338 the year before, 370 the year before that. So he's above league average, and I think there's actually room for growth in his OBP as well. Um, you can see he had a 353 expected OBP because of that expected batting average, but his uh, chase rate actually declined. Um, he's now at uh, 26% for the last two years, which is about um, 5% below league average, which is really great. Uh, for a guy with his type of speed. He's also swinging consistently at about 43% of uh, pitches. That is below league average as well. So he's showing a, uh, a patient approach at the plate. He, we also saw last year towards the end of the year that O-swing dipped down into the low 20s over his last 40 games, which is also a really good sign. That resulted in a uh, nice little bump to his walk rate to get to 9.3% above league average. 
all of that looks to be sustainable uh, given uh, the underlying skills, which is great. For his runs per plate appearance, he was at 13.9%. He scored 103 runs, so really accumulated last year. It wasn't necessarily the rate that he was producing runs at. Uh, it was more that 740 plate appearances. That is always going to get you a lot of runs when you're batting the majority of your uh, plate appearances at the top of the lineup. So in previous years, he his run percentage had been around uh, in the 16%. 13.1% is league average. His stolen base rate was also much higher. The 13.9% maybe looks a little low since he was above league average, and he does have that speed, so he's able to get in scoring position more. He's in a solid lineup, so I might expect a little bit of a bump there, um, but you know, if he hits it at the top of the Nationals lineup and he continues to play every day and stays healthy, 100 runs is definitely uh, a solid uh, mark and something that I would anticipate that he ends up the season around as well if he continues to stay healthy. Now his home runs, he got a little bit lucky last year according to the, his expected home runs. 19 home runs, 14.1 expected home runs. When we take a look at the underlying metrics for power, they support the fact that he might have been a little bit lucky. He had a, a career low ISO. His hard hit rate is below league average, 31.5 compared to 35.3. His ground ball rate uh, also hovers around 50%, which is above league average. It's not necessarily a bad thing because of the wheels that he has, but in terms of power, that's definitely going to limit it. His home run per fly ball rate was also below league average. Not necessarily surprising, you know, given he, he's not projected for a ton of power. Hard hit fly ball rate below league average at 35.5% compared to 37.5% league average. It's actually his lowest rate of his career. His hard hit pulled fly ball rate gave a little bit of a jump. It was up 12% from last year back to where it was in 2016 at 36.1%. That is a good development since a lot of Turner's home runs are going to come to the pull field. Or if he wants to take that little next jump into power, uh, it's going to come by hitting more uh, pulled fly balls. Barrels, he was at 4.2%. Barrels per plate appearance, 31 total. Average home run distance of 396, which is a little bit, which is one foot below league average. Now where um, his RBI, he had a 9.9% RBI percentage uh, per plate appearance. That's below league average of 12.5%. He still managed 73 RBIs, so didn't necessarily hurt you in that category because of the volume. But... Um, you know, batting first in the Nationals lineup, uh, it's not surprising to see that low RBI per plate appearance. The pitchers batting there, he probably had Matt Weeters and the healthy catchers for the Nationals batting eighth. So not a ton of RBI uh, opportunities for, uh, for Turner. And I don't necessarily think that that's going to change. Looking at um, his stolen bases is really where we have seen um, a dip in, in the skills. Not necessarily skills, but just the opportunities that he's taking. Now, he's still incredibly successful when he steals. He's above 80% in every year that he has played. He's at his career low at 82.7% for successful stolen bases, but that's still well above league average and well above about 75% where... Um, you have to be above that in order for stolen bases to actually be a net positive, uh, according to some studies. Now, he stole 43 bases. Obviously, that is a tremendous uh, number. Um, I believe he was second to Whit Merrifield 
in Major League Baseball in stolen bases, but we saw a dip of about 5% in his stolen bases for per plate appearance. He had been uh, at 10.2 and 10.3% in his two his first two years. He was at 5.8% uh, last year. Still a, a really good number, close to three standard deviations above the mean, but not necessarily what folks were anticipating uh, when it came to Turner's speed. A lot of that may have been, uh, you know, the change in managers, um, Davey Martinez taking over from Dusty Baker. I think it also reflects uh, Turner's batting first in the lineup and being in a situation where, you know, uh, they didn't want him to steal and get out with Bryce Harper, Anthony Rendon, and others uh, at the top of the lineup. So, where we really see this also come through is in the stolen base opportunity percentage. He had 305 stolen base opportunities last year. Uh, attempted a stolen base on 17% of those. That's down from about 30% in his first two years. So the stolen bases definitely took a knock, but I wouldn't be surprised to see them bump up a little again. Bryce Harper is probably not going to be there. Um, you know, we'll probably see Victor Robles there. They may rely, may be forced to rely a little bit more on their speedsters, the Nationals, in order to be successful. So looking at his Trey Turner's rolling average graph, what I was talking about um, before, which you'll see right here, this O-swing uh, goes down. It was at 23.4% over his last 40 games. And that corresponded with a little bump in hard hit rate. Um, towards the end of the year, his fly ball rate was pretty steady, around 35%, so league average. And the really good news is his Z contact bumped up to about 90%. Second half of the season uh, really helped him out a lot. Um, let's take a look really quickly here. Um, and so his K rate actually went up uh, despite the increase in um, contact. It did go down at his peak. So these are, I think, really good rolling average trends for Turner, the increased in contact rate. That should help boost the batting average a little bit. Um, which is um, which would be really nice. I mean, Turner with batting average and stolen bases could be uh, a real uh, threat. Uh, last year in the second half, he hit 277 compared to 267 um, in the first half. So again, above league average in that department, but not necessarily uh, as high as you want him to be. So in summary, uh, Trey Turner, uh, I love him. Um, you know, in the in the middle uh, to late first round, I think the batting average could get a little bit of a boost if he continues the skill gains that we've seen. He does have a solid foundation for having that strong batting average. The stolen bases are obviously elite, and the combination of the potential for that strong average and the strong stolen bases, as well as the counting stats and the decent amount of power. You know, I don't know if we'll, we should anticipate the 19 home runs again. But I think uh, mid-teens, 15, 14, um, seems, seems somewhat reasonable um, for him, especially if he continues to get that big, uh, the, that big number of plate appearances batting at the top of the Nationals lineup. Thinking about where he slots in, you know, I think the speed gives him a solid floor and the batting average. I would be comfortable taking him uh, anywhere after the fourth pick in the draft. Uh, I currently have Trout, Betts, Ramirez and Scherzer. I think having Turner slot in behind that is definitely a possibility depending on how you want to construct your team. I think he fits in along with J.D. Martinez, 
uh, Nolan Arenado, Francisco Lindor as guys that you consider in the middle there, depending on the, the strategy that you want to take uh, to start off your draft. So that's been Trey Turner, shortstop for the Washington Nationals. Next up, we have Paul Goldschmidt, first baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, Goldschmidt has been uh, a first-round pick for a number of years. He slid into the second round in some drafts last year because of the humidor uh, at Chase Field, Um, but he was still able to put in a a solid performance after early struggles. He's eligible at first base, currently going in the... uh, He went in the two early uh, mock drafts at an average draft position of 11. Uh, Goldie has been pretty solid in terms of his plate appearances and games played over the last uh, couple years. As we hop into uh, an analysis of his categories for his batting average, he's been consistently in the 290s the last three years. 290 last year, 297 the two years before that. His expected average shows a little bit of luck um, in two of the years, some bad luck um, in the middle year, but last year he had a 284 expected average, so slightly worse than the 290. He's not going to be that elite, you know, 300-plus hitter probably anymore, but um, he's not going to hurt you in batting average. One thing to note about Goldie is that there has been some talk that he might get traded this offseason with the Diamondbacks maybe looking uh, at, at a rebuild. So that's just one thing to remember. Chase Field used to be a great place to bat, uh, to hit. Now it's kind of average to below average uh, when it comes to batting, and so he may be able to get an uptick Uh, if he does move to a better situation. As you can see, one standard deviation above the mean uh, routinely on that batting average, and that uh, reflects a well above league average BABIP, 359 last year, 343 the year before that, and 358 uh, the year before that. So again, uh, very solid. The K percentage is a little bit of a concern. It jumped up 3% to 25.1%, so above league average. So those BABIPs are going to be really important for Uh, maintaining his batting average. His contact rate is also not great, his overall contact rate. His Z contact did go up about 2% last year to 82.3%, so not too far below league average, so not a huge concern. No major red flags. I'd call them very light yellow flags in terms of his batting average. The the major issue is that K rate. If it stays up, then he's going to have to maintain a very high BABIP in order to maintain that batting average. Going over to OBP, he's always been uh, had a stellar OBP. Goldschmidt, 389 last year, 404 and 411 the two years before that. Uh, well above league average. His O swing is up a little bit over the each of the last two years, up to 25.9, still well below league average. When we go to his... Uh, rolling average graph, what we will see that is a slight concern is a, is a real big um, trend line going up on that O swing towards the end of last year. Again, things like this happen. People have rough stretches. They're chasing pitches. They're forcing it when their team is struggling like Goldie's was. So 25.9 over the course of the year, up a little bit, but still very solid. His swing rate is at 42.5%, below league average. Not surprisingly, with the uptick in O swing and a a slight uptick in swing percentage, his walk rate is down about 1% uh, to 13%, still very solid. He is uh, more valuable, I would say, in OBP leagues than he is in average leagues, just because um, 
there's less of a there's there's less of less uh, less flags. There's really no flags when it comes to OBP. He could still drop 20 points in batting average and maintain a very strong uh, OBP. Uh, but if you drop that batting average, that would really hurt his value in, in traditional five by five. From a run scoring standpoint, he seems to have gotten a little bit unlucky last year. 13.8% runs per plate appearance, well below uh, the two previous years. Again, we do need to take into consideration the, the, the fact that the humidor uh, was in effect. But those 95 runs with the OBP that he's putting up, uh, that strikes me as low. For instance, his runs per plate appearance had a Z-score of 0.32 standard deviations above the mean, where his OBP was 1.7 standard deviations above the mean. So I think he got a little bit unlucky when it comes to runs last year. From a home run perspective, there's actually uh, a lot to like here um, for uh, Goldie. 33 home runs, 37.7 expected home runs. Uh, Now, he has underperformed considerably the last two years when it comes to expected home runs. So it may be something that um, XStats is not picking up. Uh, He's underperformed by over 13 expected home runs the last two years. So he does hit a lot of balls to the opposite field and um, straightaway center. And that isn't necessarily the easiest place to hit home run at Chase Field. So maybe that uh, is some sort of factor there. Uh, His hard hit rate uh, was at a three-year high at 46.2%. Remember, the overall hard hit rate did go up by about 4% uh, this past year. So not necessarily keeping up, but still up. His ground ball rate was actually low at 38.6% compared to over 46% the two years before that. That is a really good sign in terms of um, his power and extra base hits. Um, and that may be, um, you know, that is that is a good sign for uh, for Goldie, his home run to fly ball rate was actually lower than uh, last year, 21.6. Still well, well above league average, but um, he's been able to hold steady at about that range for three years now. His hard hit fly ball rate did take a tumble. Uh, last year it was 60.7, which is just incredibly elite. Uh, it's 37.5% his league average. He's at 46.4%, which is very solid. His hard hit Pulled fly ball rate is slightly below league average at 29.6, but he's got a ton of power, 8.3% barrels per plate appearance, a 400 uh, average home run distance. That is down for the second consecutive year, but still above league average. He's got power to all fields. Goldie hits quite a bit of his home runs to center and the opposite field, and so that's just one thing to consider with that hard hit pulled fly ball rate. Not a huge concern. No major red flags in that power profile for Goldie. RBIs, he had a 12% RBI per plate appearance, uh, only 83 RBIs last year. That's down from 18% um, uh, the year before. This is a, you know, this this doesn't necessarily align with the skills that we're seeing because the power is strong, the batting average is strong. Uh, so there's probably some lack of luck there. I will say the humidor coming into the effect that has impacted the Arizona offense overall, and so he's probably not going to get the same type of RBI opportunities that he has in the past, and so I'm not going to anticipate that he's going to have a huge boost in RBI per plate appearance uh, this upcoming year if he stays in Arizona, but I think above the 12%, which is below league average, is definitely uh, something that we, uh, I think, could expect to see. Now, stolen bases is the major area where 
Goldie has taken a major hit over the last couple years. 32 stolen bases two years ago, 18 last year, and I think 14 or so of those came in the first half last year. Only seven this year, and for good reason. His success rate has taken a huge drop from 86.5% two years ago to 78.3% last year and only 63.6% last year. That is a huge red flag when it comes to his speed. That is 9% below league average. He just really didn't run. Only 1% stolen bases per plate appearance, a Z-score below league average, and he only attempted a stolen base on 3.6% of his stolen base opportunities, down from a high of 13.1% and 9.4% last year. I think the days of seeing Goldie steal double-digit bases is over, and that is a huge blow uh, to his value. As a first baseman, as one of the few first basemen who stole bases um, at a real strong level, um, this really brings him back to the pack uh, when we think about expectations, as does the, the humidor uh, in Arizona, in Chase Field, it moves it from one of the best hitting environments to at or below league average. So again, as a first baseman, without those stolen bases, you know, you look at his profile, you look at an Anthony Rizzo profile, they're fairly similar, but Goldie's going to be going, at least in this draft, a lot, uh, a lot higher up. I think for me, uh, he's definitely not a first rounder uh, heading into next year. Where exactly he slots in? You know, I would definitely have Freddie Freeman uh, above Goldie. Uh, I would probably even have Rizzo above Goldie um, or about in the same area. And so you're looking at, you know, maybe mid to late second rounder for me. When we look at his rolling average graphs, a lot of of fluctuation last year, a lot of peaks and valleys. He ended the season on a valley in terms of his Z contact. It was down at 80%. Um, which is about 5.5% below league average. His hard hit rate after, I mean, he went through that stretch. Him and, yeah, he went through a Carpenter-like stretch where his hard hit rate over a 40-period game period was at 58.4% at one period of time, which is just nuts. Finished the season, you know, in the mid-40s, which is very solid. His ground ball rate took a dip towards the end of the year, which is really nice. But his O-swing, as I mentioned, also went up. Uh, he finished the year, his O-swing is, was a little over 32%, which is worse than league average. So not necessarily a good sign. One of the, the highest 40-game rates for an increased O-swing for Goldschmidt. Um, it actually looks like over the last three years, that is the highest 40-game rate. So that's a little bit of a concern for Goldie, especially with the, uh, the Z-contact going on. So some slight yellow flags in Goldschmidt's profile. As I mentioned before, I think the biggest thing for him is that he really is hurt uh, by the addition of the humidor and by the lack of stolen bases. It makes him fall back um, a little ways. And, um, you know, I I think where he's going, I think there's going to be people who still see him as a first-round draft pick, as we've seen in the two early uh, mock drafts. And I think that's going to be a mistake um, heading into next year. There's enough kind of little yellow flags there on the batting average, big red flag there on the stolen bases ever returning to their previous levels. So I really see Goldie as not the special type of player that he used to be and more, you know, one of these, um, you know, not just a guy. He's still very, very solid, uh, but he's lacking the uh, production in key areas 
to make him a first-round draft pick and even a second-round draft pick. You look at guys who are up and coming like a Eugenio Suarez, who's probably going to have a fairly similar, fairly similar profile and who's going to be going uh, later uh, in drafts. So that has been Paul Goldschmidt, first baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. That is going to wrap it up for episode 30 of the Batflip Crazy podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We took a peek at Trey Turner and Paul Goldschmidt. In the intro, I did a little bit of analysis on Malik Smith and Mike Zanino, who are likely going to be traded for each other uh, tomorrow. As usual, if you like what you hear, please do give us a five-star rating. Give us a nice review on your preferred podcast platform. Really appreciate you listening in. You can follow me on Twitter at BatFlipCrazy, on Instagram at BatFlipCrazy, Facebook at BatFlipCrazyFantasy, BatFlipCrazy.com is the website. And also, uh, we'll be having uh, these player profile files showing up on our YouTube channel, too, uh, on a regular basis, one or two, hopefully almost every single day. That's how it's been working so far. Uh, Trey Turner and Paul Goldschmitz will be up there. So if you're interested in looking at my spreadsheet, massive spreadsheet, color-coded spreadsheet, um, you can take a look over there. Let me know what you think of those YouTube uh, video profiles. Let me know what you know about the podcast. Uh, Reach out to me, connect with me on Twitter, uh, leave a review. Again, thank you so much for listening. I hope your off-season continues to go well. Best of luck with all of your, your fantasy baseball research and draft prep. Uh, Thanks for listening and take care of one another.